Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Oh, wonderful. Please grab your seats. Fantastic. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray as I just... Uh, Speak the worthy place in my heart today, that God, you just give us open ears and hearts to be able to hear, to understand, and know what to do with what you want to say to us this morning. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Amen. Great. It's, it's interesting, when you've been around church for any length of time, whether you whether months or years, um, we get used to attending a certain building to have an act of worship, to worship together. But for many people that have never darkened the doors of a church before, coming to a church building is a huge thing, it's a big thing. And so the reason why we, we do things like giving out invitations is because it gives people permission to come. Yeah? We take it for granted, oh, I can just rock up. But some people, it's like, oh, maybe I can come to this. And this is going to be a, a fantastic time. Also, um, Jude and the team are going to be giving out some other invites now, which um, Rafi mentioned. And these are just invites to other services, 22nd, 29th. Again, it's giving permission to come if they're free. See, I, I can come to that. And uh, do your best. Just, it's not, a, it's not a, a stressful thing. It's just saying, God, who? Who do you want me to invite? And it takes the pressure off us, doesn't it? Um, I mentioned um, probably a few weeks ago now, I went to get my hair cut. I'm going to get my hair cut next week. And my hairdresser doesn't yet know Jesus. And, uh, and so I was listening to her and she was talking about lots of things and lots of hardships that she's going through right now. And I just, in the middle of this hairdresser, it was packed full of mostly women. And uh, I was just listening to her. I was thinking, God, what, what can I do? What can I say? And I just felt God say, just offer her help, hope. Offer a hope, and, and those of us that are, are, are believers in Jesus, Christ followers, the main thing that God has given us is hope in life, yes. hasn't he? He's changed our lives, he's given us hope and a purpose and a future. So I said, George, you know, you know that I'm a, I, I'm a Christian. I mean, she knows that I'm a minister, but I don't think she realize, realize, really understands what that means. And doesn't, why, why would she? So, you know, I'm a Christian. Well, and I just gave a, a short dose of my testimony. You know, God's, God's changed my life. You know, I've done some things in my life which I'm just not... Which had been bad and not, and she looked at me stunned. What, you? <laughs> yes, me. <laughs> yes, me. I've done stuff which I'm not, um, you know, but God has forgiven me, He's given me a fresh, and He gives me hope. And I said, George, you've mentioned some things that you're going through right now, and I'm, I'm going to go away from here, and I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? She said, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to pray that your partner doesn't get made redundant. I'm going to pray that um, when he has a, a health check, that everything's going to be right, everything's going to be fine. And I went straight to my car, and so often we, we say we'll pray for people, but we've got to follow up, haven't we? So, um, but it was interesting, in that moment when I was sharing, the whole salon fell silent. It absolutely went, because normally it's busy, hair dryers blowing, people gassing. It went silent as I was sharing with her about Jesus. I went to, and anyway, I sent her a text the next week, I want to give a bit of space. How did it go with your, your partner's redundancy, working for... Um, a car firm, and literally so many people got redundant that day. Um, and even on his team, many got escorted straight away that morning off the premises. But he didn't. Thank God. And then um, I gave a bit of space, and a couple of weeks' time, I said, How, How's it going with the health check? And um, he said, it's, it's tomorrow. So when I had to have a hairdresser appointment, I said, how, how did it go? 
And uh, she said, well, basically, um, it's not what we thought. They thought it was going to be cancer, but it was something less, less bad. And it's actually oper- went on an operation. I'm going to hear how the operation went uh, next week. So we praise God, don't we? We praise God. Give him the glory. Some would call that chance. Some would call that coincidence. But we know it's a, a God instance, don't we? That God shows up at the right time to bless people, to help people. And I thank God that he... he so I'm going to take an invite, and then when I see her this week coming, I'm going to invite her and her partner to our Cows by Candlelight services. And just, uh, but it's more powerful when you bring people, isn't it? So when you bring people either by car or you're there waiting to meet them on the door and say, come and sit with me, it's more powerful because they sit, they, they, they're drawn to you and us as individuals, not anyone that doesn't see on a stage or, or children or whatever. It's drawn to people. So bring people with you. Pray, ask God. Take the pressure off yourselves. Say, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to invite to this service this week, next week? Great. So last week, um, Pete started our, our Advent series called Sharing Christmas or Sharing Christmas. The emphasis being on the Christ, putting Christ back into the Christmas celebrations, and um, did a great um, job on sharing from, from John, in the beginning was the word, and our, my, my title message today, thanks Jadrian, is uh, where were you when, where were you when, as we look at part two, and this is our, 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 our key verse for this, this mini-series, coming from the message translation version, uh, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. The word being the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't just born. Jesus has always been alive. He's always been around with God in heaven. But he became flesh. He put on flesh and he dwelt with humankind. And we're going to be unpacking that as the greatest gift. is what Christmas is all about. The Christ of Christmas. Wonderful. God shared himself with us. Where were you when? Can you think of some news that you ever heard in your life? Could be good news, could be bad news. News that maybe you got used to stop and think. News that changed your life for, for the good. Where were you when you heard that news, that news broke? Oh, dare I say it? Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah. Where were you when you first heard that Brexit was going to happen? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Where were you heard when Prime Minister May um, resigned last year? For those that might be married today, where were you when your partner proposed? Ladies. Do you remember those words? I remember proposing to Leanne. Sorry, man, I'm going to... I, I want to do something special. So I flew Leanne. She'd never been on a plane before. I flew her to Paris. And I thought, let's go up that Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so we went there. I know this, this guy was there selling flowers, forcing flowers upon her. And I thought, no, Eiffel Tower's not for us. It's too cheesy. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Um, took her to a restaurant. And I was just so nervous. I was, oh, I don't know. And I got down in the middle of the restaurant on one knee and said, Liam, will you marry me? The first thing she said was not, I'll be delighted to. What a great question. It was like, does my mum know? Yeah, I've smoothed it over them. Yes, everyone's good, yeah. So will you? <laughs> yes. I remember being at a restaurant at the time, proposing to Leanne, and um, 
Yeah, and we've never had an argument since, you know, the perfect marriage, yeah, 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 it's all good. <laughs> no, don't tell lies in church, you know. And it's, it's never my fault. <laughs> no, men? <laughs> it's the kids, yeah. <laughs> Where was it when you first heard the news that you were pregnant or your partner was going to have a baby? Um, gosh, children change life, doesn't it? Having children. Where were you, you know, maybe for some of us that are Christ followers today, where were you when you first heard the news that Jesus came as a baby to come and give you life and hope and purpose? Where were you when you first heard that news? Or more importantly, when you first responded to that news, that amazing news? That the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Where were you? Well, today we're going to be looking at some uh, news that spread rapidly at this time, this first Christmas. And we're going to look at how it changed people's lives and how people responded to it and what they did with this news. So if you're ready, turn, it'll be on the screen too. We're going to be reading from the, the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. It'll be on the screen for us. And um, I'm going to unpack it. And uh, I might actually dispel a few myths as well as we're going along this, but um, it's okay. Um, So the birth of Jesus, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Okay, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. So the Romans, who ruled that empire at the time, back in the day when Jesus... Was, was born, or just before that as well, they wanted for taxation purposes to know how many people have we got living around the area. So if we know how many people we've got, then we know how much money can come in. So they want to tax people. They want to take a, a register, a census. In verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. Just to pause it here, we've got Mo, um, Mary and Joseph, and they're living in Nazareth. Nazareth is in Galilee. Just hold that in your minds. So verse 4, so Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth, went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And that is significant because um, it was prophesied that the Messiah, this hero figure that was going to save um, the people of Israel, was to be born in Bethlehem. Could Joseph have orchestrated that he and Mary would be going to Bethlehem at this time. Absolutely no way. Bethlehem is about 90 miles away. On a donkey, walking, it would take four to five days' journey. So even if he could orchestrate to to go that journey with a heavily pregnant Mary would be a ludicrous idea. But he had to go because he was of the line of David and it was prophesied that the Messiah, the Christ, would come from the line of David. And Bethlehem, which means house of bread, Bethlehem was the place where David was born. It's called the, the, the city or the town of David. So in verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was, um, and was expecting a child. So at this stage, they're... they're they're legally good to go. It's not like engagement at this time where you engage and then you, you say, I do, and then you leave. At this point, they are legally married. And in verse 6, while they were there, 
the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now we read that reading every Christmas, don't we? And it means so much to us. But let's unpack this a little bit. Here's a map of of Israel in those days. And you will see in um, the green, that's the area of Galilee. And in South Galilee is a town called Nazareth, where um, Mary and Joseph are from, are living at the time. And they're going to travel all the way to Bethlehem in Judea, which is just there. Some 90 miles. Big journey, isn't it? Big journey. Wow. So a big journey to register. Mary, just put yourself in their shoes. Mary, heavily pregnant. Um, they say sometimes when you're pregnant, you know, go for, take your car, and you want the baby to be born, go for, take your car over speed humps, because that might help it. Well, if you're on a donkey, up and down for four and a half, four and a half days, you know. <laughs> Baby's going to come soon. Yes. Now, it says... We read there about there was no room in the, in the guest room. So let's have, unpack this. Sometimes we have this image that, that, that Jesus was born in a stable. Well, in, in, um, in the typical houses at the time of Jesus would look something like this. Now, the, we think about a, an inn. And the Greek word, which the New Testament is written in, the Greek word for inn means the same, room, same word as upper room. You know when Jesus had, the, 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 had the, um, their last supper in the upper room? the same word that's used. So some theologians think that actually it wasn't a stable, it was a, a normal house, but the guest quarters. So if you look upstairs in that house, okay, you've got maybe where the, the, the residents would stay, and then on the right-hand side here, you've got the guest room, the upper room. Down below, we have a place where they'd have their animals and they'd feed them, as well as storage spaces as well. So that is a typical um, house in the times of Christ when he was born. Also, Joseph would have had relatives in Bethlehem. He'd go there, he'd come, he was born from Bethlehem, came from Bethlehem, he had relatives there, and the social norm was to not go to a stranger's house, but go to where there's relatives. There was no room in the inn or the guest room. There's no room. So where could they go if they're gathering with strangers where there might be room downstairs where the animals are? And the Bible tells us that Jesus was born, wrapped him in cloths, and put into a manger, which is a feeding trough, the animal's feeding trough. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus came into the thick of it, in the thick of relationships, busyness, busy time with his senses taking place. And in this, you've got this miraculous happening. The virgin, Mary was a virgin, had not had sexual relationships with Joseph yet, God had orchestrated it that this sense would happen and suddenly he's been born in, not in a palace, but in a normal house. First century Palestine, uh, first century Israel. Wonderful. And then it carries on. In Luke 2 and verse 8, it says, and there were shepherds. Shepherds in these days were, 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 were men, rough and ready, and they were considered to be the lowest of the low. The lowest of the pile. And the lowest of that pile. People, they were considered a little bit, what they did was a good job, but considered to be outcasts. Shepherds? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
These are shepherds who are hardened men, who know what it is to fight off the impending danger of the, to keep the sheep safe. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Yes. So if these hardened men are terrified at this sight, oh gosh, I don't even think what I'll be feeling. And I love this in verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will um, cause great joy for all the people. And I wonder what these shepherd men are looking at. They see an angel suddenly appear. Whether, whether the angel looked like a, a normal human or whether they had, had wings, we're not sure. But an angel, a messenger from God appeared and they were greatly afraid. They were terrified. We said, don't be afraid. I've got good news. It's going to be great joy for all people. That's why at Christmas time we think about the word joy because it brings joy into our hearts. Not about the, what we're going to eat and the presents we're going to give or receive, but that God came into the world. And the angel said this, Today in the town of David, which means Bethlehem, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and living in a manger. A sign are things that point the way. If you get lost, like I do in the road, when Google goes down, I haven't got any uh, minutes, data, um, you get lost. But signs point us in the right direction. And the angel's saying this is going to be a sign that when you see a baby wrapped in cloths, which, isn't, which is normal, but lying in an animal's feeding trough, know that what I'm saying is the truth. Yeah? Because yeah? it's not normal. This isn't normal. But who knows that our God isn't normal. He's, he's extraordinary. He's extraordinary because he, he came from heaven down to planet Earth so you and I can have hope and a future and a purpose. And if that wasn't bad enough, an angel appearing and the, and the shepherds feeling terrified, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God. Well, I don't know how many this, this was. It wasn't now one. It probably wasn't 10 or even 100. We're talking about a great company of angels are now praising God. They're probably on their backs going, boys, in, oh. <laughs> glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. They're praising God, the, the angels. Glory to God. And on earth peace. Peace. What an amazing word. Peace. Sometimes we think of peace as being a um, tranquil state of mind. I know some people that just want to have so much peace in their life that they literally don't want to leave their house or get out of bed in the mornings. That's not the peace that God is talking about. We'll unpack that in a minute. Peace. 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 You know what? You can know peace today. If you're a Christ follower, you can know peace because sometimes uh, our joy and our peace gets robbed, doesn't it, through circumstances and life. If you're here today and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christ follower, you can know peace today. You can know peace. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Oh my goodness, what's just happened? So that's a bit of ab lib there. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They've heard some news. Where were they? They were in the, sh- in the fields watching over the sheep by night. This amazing news came. 
Are they going to stay there? No. They're going to find out. They're going to investigate exactly what has happened. Is this really true? Am I in a dream or am I going to see what the angel has proclaimed? A baby, the Messiah, the king, lying in an animal feeding trough. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I love that. They didn't just delay. They hurried off. They went at pace. They went at full speed. When you've heard some news, some good news, I bet you didn't just sit on your seat and think, oh, I'll just wait a little bit before I tell anyone. I'm sure you picked up the phone. You, you sent an email. You just got in touch with someone. Is it true? Is it true? And they wanted to hear with this and find out whether this amazing news was really true. And when they, and in verse 17, and when they'd seen him, they kept it to himself. Did it say that? They kept this good news, this amazing news that was going to transform history to themselves. No. When they had seen him, they. Louder? louder. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all, not some, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They're probably amazed at many different levels, many different levels that this news story has been broken to these shepherds. These shepherds, outcasts on the field, why, why was it not spread to me? They're, they're shepherds. But God chose to break this news story to shepherds. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. These shepherds, I believe, were probably never the same again. If you'd seen an angel, you'd probably never see it be the same again. But not just an angel, they, an angel that was proclaiming news about the coming Messiah that had been prophesied for over 400 years. So the coming Messiah had been prophesied in the Old Testament for over 400 years. In that 400 years, God's been silent to his people. And now suddenly the news has been broken. Today is the day. What can we learn from this? Jesus came on purpose to give us purpose. It wasn't an accident or chance. God, the Father, knew exactly what he was going to do. He has in the calendar and the story and timeline of human history, he knew on what day or year and month Jesus was going to be born. I sometimes think, well, God, surely if Jesus was born today, it would be much better because we've got the internet, we've got email, electronic communications, and we can get the word out so much faster. But God knew back then outside of time when he wanted to pick the time and he knew that today wasn't the right time he knew then was the right time for whatever reason and the purpose of Jesus coming was to bring hope but also to give us purpose Jesus came on purpose to give us purpose three quick things number one because Jesus came we can number one have peace reconciliation with God. See, peace in the Bible, Erin is the word, it's not about a sort of tranquil, um. <laughs> well, some of that's not bad. We want, we want a bit of peace. We want a bit of peace like that in our lives. When it's busy, when the kids are running riots, I want a bit of um. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't come, but you know, life of a parent. 
peace is a relationship with God. A relationship with God the Father. God's our maker. I was thinking the other day, I was just at home, I was just having a reflecting time, and, and I thought, you know, God, we messed up. Man, humankind messed up. We've done wrong, and, and, and you could have turned your back on us. The things that we do wrong, think wrong, say that are wrong, gosh, there's no hope, is there? You could have turned his back and said, well, I'm starting again with a brand new humankind. But he didn't. He knew that we were going to mess up. When he made the first person, Adam and Eve, he knew that they were going to mess up and that we were going to mess up. He knew that. But knowing what he was about to create was going to mess up and do get things wrong and bring shame upon themselves and guilt and everything, he still wanted a relationship with them and he still wants a relationship with you and I today. Even though we get things wrong. Give me a wave if you ever get things wrong. My hand is wide up. I get things wrong all the time. But the things that I get wrong and in my brokenness and in your brokenness, God still gave his son, Jesus, to bring us peace. That's a reconciliation between perfect God and imperfect us. And because Jesus came, not just to be born, but to die for you and I, his death brings us life if we believe and receive him as our Lord and Savior. His death, the shedding of his blood, the brokenness of his body on that cross, if we believe and receive him, we'll have everlasting life and a reconciliation with God the Father. Who thinks that's amazing news? That is amazing news. Absolutely. Had it not been for that news, I would not be where I am today. I don't know where I'd be, to be honest. I'm not talking about what I do as a, as a role or anything. I'm talking about me as a person, as a man. I don't know where I'd be. And maybe that could be the story of so many of us in this room and listening on podcasts today. The peace of God has changed our life. And the peace of God can change your life today. If you're not yet a Christ follower, let the peace of God just change your life even today. Because Jesus came, we can have peace. We can also, secondly, proclaim. We are witnesses of what we've seen and heard. The shepherds were witnesses of what they've seen and heard. They heard this amazing story, and they couldn't wait to get it out there, to tell people, to gossip the good news of what they've seen and heard. Amazing, isn't it? They couldn't wait. They did it. The challenge to us is, if you're a Christ follower, when we first heard the good news, we're like, we're out there. We're out there. We can't wait to tell. Guess what? Conversations, you know, it's a bubbling up of joy and God has changed our lives. And then as we uh, get older over time, we still love God. But maybe the, the impact of that first time we came to the Lord has lessened. We live for him and through him. But the need to tell other people lessens in our life. The need for some of us to proclaim to other people what, who Jesus is and what he's done to our lives, lessons. So the thought of Leanne and, and Rafi saying, hey, invite someone to church next week. We're, out of, we're not used to it. We're not used to it. When was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you told someone your story about how God has changed your life if you're a Christ follower here today? Because we don't have to have all the answers. Someone says to me something and I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know that. I'll try and find it out. Yeah. We don't have all the answers. Witness 
The word martyr means witness. The early martyrs that gave their lives for the faith were witnesses because they were witnessing of what God meant to them. And witness is is someone in a court of law that gives an account of what they have seen and heard in a certain situation. What have you seen and heard of the impact of what God has made in your life? When you first heard the great news of Jesus and you gave your life, you responded to him for the first time and your life changed, what did you see and hear? And what effect has that made in your life? Because people need to hear that. I sometimes think if I'm on a sinking ship with a bunch of people that don't know yet Jesus, would I keep, and I've got literally minutes, would I keep that to myself or could it be an opportunity to talk to other people, to pray for them, to say, look, this is what I've seen and heard. To be witnesses of what we've seen and heard. And the shepherd's a witness. Can you pray? Holy Spirit, ask Holy Spirit to guide you. This is not a, you must. This is a, God will you. Will you guide? Would you put on my heart? But what if they say no? People are kind. But don't say their no's for them. Just invite. Just pray. Just bring. And it could be the year that changes their life. Jesus came so we can have peace, we can proclaim, and finally, we can praise. Give thanks and glory. And I love this about the shepherds. I loved it. They'd gone around, everyone they met, and it's probably a busy time, busy place, with this census taking on, taking, happening. They'd gone around, gossiping the gospel, the good news, what gospel means, telling people. And then they returned. It says in verse 20, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. That God chose to break this news story into their life. Into their life. Church, if you're a Christ follower here today, God has chosen to break the greatest news story ever. It beats election campaigns. It beats Brexit. It beats everything else. Put anything to politics, anything. Because it's life-changing news. It's life-changing news. And God chose to break this life-changing news story to three, we don't know, rugged shepherds. Don't know how many shepherds there were. And when they've told everyone, and everyone was amazed, they returned onto that hillside where it all began. And what did they do? They probably sat around a bit of a fire, chatting to each other thinking goodness what a day this has been what a day this has been when this new story broke I did not know this day was going to be like this I did not know when I woke up this morning I took those sheep with you guys on the, on the hill type at night time that this amazing event was going to unfold and happen I did not know what can we do now and the Bible says they glorified God and they praised him for all they'd seen and heard. They, they glorified God. They give, God, it's about you. All this has happened is about you. You broke this news story. It's changed our lives. You can see it visibly changing the lives of people that have heard it even today. And God, I sat on this hilltop, surrounded by my, my mates and these sheep. I just want to say thank you. I just want to praise you. 
just want to praise you. I invite you right now just to stand to your feet in the presence of God. I just want to invite you right now, if you are a Christ follower, why don't you, this is a time not to be silent, but I want you to think back in your mind, in your heart, to where were you when you first ever heard and responded to the greatest ever news story you'd ever heard. Maybe for some of you that was many years ago. Maybe for others it was a few years ago, a few months ago, a few weeks ago. Maybe for some of you even today, it's today. It's the time when you've heard about a God that loves you so much. He's come to bring you a relationship with God the Father. If you'd only believe and receive him and ask him into your life. So I invite you now, just if you're a Christ follower, just maybe offer God a few words of thanks. Let's pretend we're shepherds on that hill right now. Let's thank him for the news story that he came to save and to change us. We've all been lost in our lives. We've all been lost in our lives, needing direction. But it says in Jesus' parable that the shepherd left the 99 sheep to find the one that was lost. We've all been lost. Maybe you're here today and you would still say, in terms of a relationship with God, I still feel lost. Or maybe today could be a day that your life changes forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Where were you when you first heard about the good news of Jesus? But that carries a responsibility. God gives us purpose. We've got to live a life of purpose. Help as many people as possible to hear this amazing news so that they too can find purpose, peace, hope, and love. In the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, right now for every person who calls himself a Christian, a Christ follower of you today. I pray, Father, for them, that, Lord, for all of us, that we would have the confidence that, Holy Spirit, you would direct our steps even this week. To us, who can we even invite to celebrate Christmas with during our carol service next week to our Christmas services? That they, too, other people can, too, have the privilege of knowing about you. I pray that, Lord, you give us all confidence to share our story, to be witnesses of what we have seen and heard and how it's changed our lives. In Jesus' name. And just right now, with every head is bowed and eye is shut in the presence of God, if you're here today and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christ follower, you may be on a journey and you may be here uh, you've been maybe here for the first time or coming a few times and you begin to hear about Jesus and the fact he can change your life and you would like to say yes to Jesus today yes to Jesus I don't understand it all but I believe that there's a God that loves me I'd like to respond today so I would love to say a, a, a simple prayer for you I'm not going to call you forward I'm not going to um, embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. So where, where every head is bowed and eyes shut, just raise your hand right now and I'm going to pray for you. And I will see that hand. That's great. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. Great. 
I wonder if we can pray this prayer out loud together as a church family. Dear Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, at that first Christmas. Father, would you forgive me for everything I've done wrong? Would you wash me clean? Would you give me a brand new start? I give my life to you. I want to live for you and know my purpose on this earth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we applaud those that are today? We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.